0: I'm ready for this one. Oh yeah? Yeah, despite the fact that when I brought it up, you totally freaked out. Yeah. What was that about?
1: I just immediately felt scared or fearful.
0: Yeah, that's what I felt like. You completely froze and didn't say anything. I don't
1: know why. I think...
0: Were you just, do you not know what your biggest fears are? Or is me asking you that your biggest fear?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Probably that. Well, I immediately was like, okay, what are my biggest fears? And then I was like... I kind of started feeling like I was sweating. I was like, what are my fears? Do I not know my fear? Maybe that's my fear that I don't know what my fears are. But mm-hmm. I definitely, once I calmed down and counted to 10.
0: Well, you sound pretty sure. So why don't you go first? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Heads up. Whoops. <laughs> so my biggest fears in a relationship? Yeah. In no particular order. Just not not being like the person that the other person need, needs Ooh. you to be like not living up to their expectations and maybe fears change from the beginning of a relationship to as the relationship goes. I have had and still have to some extent is like insecurities or fears about not being like the husband that you
0: need. I think that that that's, I think that's valid because earlier in our relationship, definitely during the time when we were discussing calling off the wedding I mean that played into my biggest fear not you not being able to be the husband that I need but just whether or not our dynamic was going to be what a marriage required at that point I was still really wrapped up I think in what I thought a wife is supposed to be and what I thought a husband is supposed to be and then yeah like you're saying like you definitely were insecure about that so that didn't exactly give me overwhelming confidence that
1: <laughs> it was gonna like, work <laughs> you didn't feel like you hit the jackpot
0: well not that but it was like if you were confident in our dynamic the way that you are now like being a, yeah being a husband and the way that we balance each other out then I think that that would have been golden but your inability to be sure of yourself or how you played a role in our relationship That was my biggest fear was like committing to somebody else who wasn't completely sure. I mean, we were talking about this not that long ago where I was starting to freak out because you're like coming into your own and finding your voice a little bit more. And I was like, oh, no, like what if you realize you don't want to be with me anymore?
1: So that's your biggest fear?
0: Mm, I think my biggest fear I guess we went straight into like our relationship but my biggest fear in general is probably just I don't know how to word this I don't want to be like what you're missing out on but me just being such a free spirit and not being a very good like traditional social norm like rule follower like I love healthy ways of like exploring connections or like Bonding with people so that's where I've gotten in trouble though a lot too even just on a friendship level connecting with another person and being like oh my gosh like there's so many things I want to talk to you about and then it being like when you're confined it feels like in a marriage it's like that's not appropriate to talk to that person on the phone or you're not allowed to go have lunch with that person because you're married and that's not and then I feel like I'm missing out on furthering my knowledge in certain areas or just what you can what you can like learn from other people so if it becomes inappropriate to be developing any sort of like deep friendship with somebody mm-hmm. that you feel like is impacting your life just because you're married then that's always been my biggest fear It's like okay so I'm like selling my soul to just this marriage and that means I'm not allowed to connect or build any sort of deeper meaningful relationships with any other human of of the, the opposite sex or the gender that I, I could be attracted to outside yeah. of that.
1: I mean, that's one of the qualities I love most about you is that, uh, I guess, excited curiosity, you could say, mm-hmm. whether it's in our dynamic or even when you meet new new friends or business people, whether it's male or female. Um, but I have witnessed past situations where things may have... like people take things the wrong way or out of context think you're coming on to them just because your personality is so bubbly and you come off Very generally sure. interested if you're in conversation with people and you're engaged you're a touchy kind of person and
0: I'm so touchy Yeah, like you
1: just, <laughs> it's the perfect example right even there.
0: our like guy friends thank God for them like our guy friends that we're mutually close to you now like they get me and they understand our dynamic so They're really good at putting up, like, healthy boundaries on their end to where they don't take anything that I'm doing yeah, any kind of way. Like, they just know that I'm bubbly and they know I'm whatever. But I'm the same way with males and females, which has caused equal (laughs) problems.
1: And I like what you said about healthy boundaries because that's exactly what I was going to say next is, like, I've been really supportive of that as you've met other business owners or mentor-type people to... Yeah, like explore that connection in a professional way. Yeah, um, but have those healthy boundaries.
0: But do they always explore it (laughs) in a a professional way? Is a podcast for another time. Yeah,
1: but you can probably guess the answer to
0: that. I definitely have gotten myself in um, a A a pickle. That's what I was gonna say. In my professional career with men, but. Yeah, I mean, I actually am really excited for when we talk about that, because I think that that's so important for women who have my personality type, but who are super driven, super smart, super confident, and can really, like, play in the same circle as a lot of these powerful men. Like, I'm an equal player in a lot of these situations, which is why I find myself, like, connecting with a lot of them professionally, and then sometimes... Yeah, my biggest lesson I've learned this last year, over this last year or two, has been where do those boundaries need to come into play and, like, how deep do those boundaries need to go? And also, how do you navigate it when you're expecting other people to be entering the situation with similar similar boundaries? Um, and then what do you do whenever those boundaries get broken down or crossed yeah. or lines get crossed or whatever? But all that to say, I think that being a fear, now that we're talking about this, actually, that being, like, my biggest fear has probably almost made me, like, overcompensate in exploring so that I'm kind of not feeling like I am overly confined. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that makes sense. Totally. So it's, like, since I didn't want to ever have that feeling of, like, oh, I didn't explore that because I'm married, I'm, like... Sometimes went a little bit too far. Yeah. Where I should have.
1: It's about finding that balance.
0: Yeah. And you have always been super supportive of me just being me, which ties into like our free spirited nature. You're just like.
1: But well, yeah, because if you, if you force someone to change themselves or to try, like if I don't let you be you, that could lead to resentment and ultimately, mm-hmm. um, well, it's not working or something. So yeah. I've always been. You got to let that other person, like, fly in a sense or, like, be in their power. Like, things that make you you, I want to, like, stoke that fire. Mm -hmm. You don't want the same thing, vice versa.
0: And it's kind of like, even with the drinking thing with you, we're really good at letting each other fail without trying to control the situation. So, when you would see me making mistakes, or I would see you making mistakes, we didn't necessarily step in and be like, hey, you can't do that. You're not supposed to be doing yeah. that. It was like, all like right, you do you, and we'll, we'll just yeah. see. We'll see where that we'll leads see. us. We'll see. <laughs> Calling over? I'm just kidding. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I think I thought of another fear if we want to yeah. move on to the next one. So I don't know if this is what you had in mind when you brought up this topic, but I've be- become more aware of an irrational fear I have that like something's going to happen to you when we're not together. And I mean, oh
0: my gosh, I have the same. Is
1: this going to be one of yours?
0: Well, it's not like just when we're not.
1: And I think you've put this fear in my head because of your fear of like when we're on road trips and gas stations, like you think you're going to get kidnapped yeah. every time we go to a gas station even though we only go to like the pilots and the like the big truck stop gas stations, like we'll never go to a creepy one if we're on a road trip, right? Um, but yeah, like if I'm if I leave to go to the grocery store or something else like that. Someone's going to break into the house or you're going to fall asleep in the tub. And fall asleep
0: in the tub. Drown with Sounds Houston like something style. I would do on accident.
1: Because
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm always cause in the tub. <laughs> and you're
1: kind of clumsy. So that...
0: <laughs> And I fall asleep really fast. It's pretty much it's a shit. recipe
1: for disaster.
0: <laughs> Mary should not be allowed to take baths alone. S.O.S.
1: that's why i'm in there
0: (laughs) but at least i post about it on my story so (laughs) yeah everyone will know when i'm in when i'm in the tub if you don't hear from me that's what happened
1: yeah and it's not like i don't know it is a fear it's not like constantly running in my head if we're separate but like it crosses my mind and then i might check in or something it's just something i'm more hyper aware of than i think i used to be
0: well i think one of my fears has always been, like, something happening to you. Like, me, like, li- like being, like, a widow, or... Is that's what that? I'm about. A widow, or... A widow? A widow. I don't know how you say that, but... Yeah, like, that, I don't know. But that's also probably come up more during those times when I was going back and forth figuring out, like, do we want to get married or do we not? And just, like, the idea of you not being in my life.
1: I think oh, that's so sad
0: again though the more we're talking about this I'm like shit we should probably reel back on ever thinking about that though because I don't want to manifest something bad no happening.
1: we don't want to do that
0: yeah so we're
1: gonna to be together for a long time happy healthy
0: that's right until yeah. the day that we die when we're old. Fears in relationships. I want to pivot away from romantic relationships because I feel like Ooh. we could get so far deep and, like, I don't want to get abandoned and I don't want to get cheated <laughs> on and I don't want to. Who fucking knows? But, yeah. like, I don't want to talk about that kind of stuff. Fears in relationships. One of my biggest fears, I would say, in my professional relationships, just in general, with whether it be clients or people in our like-minded industry, I would say is people just not being able to see beneath the surface of who I am. I think that I come off very bubbly I think that I care a lot about my appearance and I talk a lot about fashion things that I bought. Well, and when I say fashion things, I mean like thrift store things because I don't (laughs) buy designer things. But I love, what I'm saying is like I'll post a lot about all areas of my life. I don't just sit there and like shove down everyone's throat like how smart I am or my thought process around my strategies are really I don't even talk that in depth about the areas where I really help my clients because number one like I want people to see multiple sides of who I am but because that is so much of what I portray online and I know that people don't take a lot of time to get to know people there's there is just like surface level judgment that I've always gotten and my fear is always that people won't even take the time to Get to know what it is that I have to say or how I'm gonna say it because they're putting me in some sort of box as a social media expert. That's the worst one. I yeah, fucking hate that.
1: I see that. Well, I mean, because you're you're attractive, you kind of talk like a valley girl ish.
0: So I can. Well, see people. I don't know why I talk <laughs> like that. I I mean I've gotten over it, but I don't know where the valley girl thing. My both the- my parents are from the south.
1: <laughs> they don't really have a Southern accent, but yeah, they were.
0: They were. I will say they were adamant that we did not speak with a Southern accent. I don't know how anyone's gonna take that, but they didn't want us. So no they,
1: y'all in the house. If someone said y'all, was it?
0: They just didn't uh-huh. want us. They didn't. I think their fear was professionally as we got older that we would either not get jobs or people were gonna stereotype us if we sounded too much like we. We're old school southern. <laughs> Whatever voice ended up coming out of me fucking sounds like I'm.
1: <laughs> they want the other. Not the thing.
0: smartest. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's actually very annoying, and I can't really do that much. That one, that playing kind of. Bad, I think right? that's why I talk so fast. I talk so fast because I'm trying to cover that up, and hopefully say a lot of smart things whenever I'm talking. Quickly. <laughs> Maybe you'll
1: forget what I sounded like and just you'll retain the information yeah I've
0: noticed too though like when I was listening back to like our first couple episodes even this one probably if it's not a topic that I'm super sure about that's when I say not even super sure about but if I'm dancing around the best way to communicate it because we I haven't spoken it and a lot of times then I'll end up saying like a lot Mm, and that's not good when I talk about marketing or I talk about business when I'm speaking or when I'm doing a webinar, I watch back or I listen back or people will comment on the fact that I never say like, and I've learned That's good. that it's because I'm so clear on what it is that I'm talking about my knowledge. I've done it so many times that I'm able to speak on a subject without saying like, um, and, but.
1: Yeah. I didn't think I was saying it that much. And then I would listen back to one of the podcasts, especially the one of the earlier ones. And I would hear it all the time and I'm like, shit, I need to stop that.
0: Yeah. I, I honestly think that it's just a matter of your brain pausing just to for a split second to try and figure out what it is that you're gonna say or how you're gonna say it. It's mm-hmm. a it's a, it's like a filler word. It's like a. It's like, like a. a, and a. <laughs> it's like
1: a pain in the ass. <laughs> um, yeah, I think when it comes to more professional relationships or friendships, one of my fears is it goes hand in hand with me wanting so badly to be liked by everyone that I don't necessarily. So one, I want to be liked, I guess there's a fear that they won't like me. And then I won't always like speak my mind or like stand up for things. Cause if it could create conflict. So that's something I'm actually like working on currently with people. Cause I have learned when I come across those people that are just overly nice and friendly that are doing the same thing that I'm doing, I'm ten. I tend to like, not like that,
0: and be annoyed. I'm just kind of like. Those people, are it's kind of like, yeah, and...
1: it's annoying. It's like, do you have a backbone? What do you stand for? Yeah. Like, I, um, I mean, you're a great example of this. I kind of surround myself with more blunt people, and I really yeah. like those people more.
0: You definitely respect somebody more. You, Andrew, respect somebody more. If they're just blunt and to the point Mm -hmm. and that's why I've been enjoying this podcast so much because you're a lot more likely to say what you're thinking a lot more quickly than when we're in person. When we're in person with our friends, a lot of times I get super frustrated whenever a hot topic is brought up and you just kind of sit there and you don't say anything and I know what you're thinking because we In private,
1: we'll have those conversations all like speak my mind or have my point when we're discussing topics, but yeah, in a, in more of a group setting, like I said, it's something I'm working on, but I'm less likely to like speak up and counter a point. Even if I don't agree with it, I would rather just be happy, go lucky and have a good time.
0: And that's probably just like a personality thing. Just like some people are different at work than they are yeah. at home. And for me, I'm just the same at all times. Yeah. Like I show up exactly the same, no matter who I am in front of, no matter what scenario it is. And I've really learned to embrace that. I know that I am staying true to who I am in all situations, and I'm tactful enough, and I'm respectful. I'm not. I'm not gonna. You know. Cuss somebody out, or I have composure. I but I'm not gonna sit there. You're not there. gonna cuss someone out. I will cuss <laughs> someone out. They need to be cussed out, and I do, and I'm unapologetic about it. But I do it in a very charismatic charismatic. Yeah, way. like we're we're kind of. I mean, we are kind of joking. Dr- like I don't straight up cuss people out, but I will quote unquote, for lack of a better word, like put the situation calls
1: for it. You're not hesitating
0: to put them in their place and not like using cuss words yes i think we need to because that sounds kind of trashy but i will absolutely use facts and receipts (laughs) to put people in their place and i don't care how they are going to take that And, obviously, you don't have to be concerned about that if you're, like, a respectable person.
1: Just come correct and you won't have to worry
0: about that. No, like, there's so many people I get along with so well, like, that just don't bring that out. And then there's people who, their ego will oftentimes, you know, bring out my ego. Or they just clearly have never been, you know, everybody else like you would, like, back down to them because you would want to avoid conflict. And so they're bullies. Mm -hmm. And I never just go out and bully someone. But when somebody bullies me, that's probably the best way to word it. When someone is a bully to me and I can tell that they're not expecting me to stand my ground, like, I do it in a very savvy way with receipts and logic and proven points. I will put them in there. And I love doing that. Actually, it's one of my favorite (laughs) Anytime I get a chance. So you better like
1: this podcast.
0: <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I don't look for it. The op- like the yeah. The situations just present themselves in different times. Yeah. And when we do the Nashville narcissist episode, and we tell Ooh. you about that guy, sounds you know, like
1: the worst villain ever.
0: Yeah, that's gonna be a really fun episode, and I'll share some of those highlight moments there. But this is really taking a turn for me, sounding like a complete bitch. So I think we should. <laughs> is it um, a good stopping point? Pivot a little um, bit. Um reset. But what were you what were we what was that fear that we were saying? You being too nice Fe- and not
1: Yeah, wanting to be liked, point. so fear of not being liked and then just coming across too nice and not being respected.
0: And then that's that's been super interesting in our relationship dynamic too. Because I think okay, to bring up another fear that piggybacks off of that is With us in particular, we don't have this issue on the podcast, but in real life, like people questioning our dynamic, like because you're so Mm -hmm. quiet and because you don't tell people exactly how you feel in real life, then whenever we're having these like hot topic subjects and I speak on behalf of both of us just because... I'm naturally going to talk. I never don't let you talk. You just never chime in You just sit there.
1: Like, I just need to chime in with my opinion and not care what people think. And and with that, it just, it doesn't put you in the best situation as well. Because then people... It does not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's, it's really tough for me sometimes, to be honest.
1: Yeah, because then... Other people will just give me all the praise, too. Like, oh, Andrew's the best guy and, like, does this and does that. And meanwhile, you're the one actually standing up for what you believe in and what's right. And it always hit me, like, in the car on the way home. I'll be like, I should have said this, this. Or, or I'll give my opinion to it. And you're like, why did you say that in front of everyone?
0: Yeah. Like, you clearly so, feel
1: strongly about it.
0: Yeah.
1: But in a group setting, it doesn't come out that way.
0: Yeah. It's, and it's funny. And I think it's just a matter of... A matter of being super self-aware, and I just have heightened senses of being aware of everyone's reactions, body language, their pauses, their delays, their eye contact. Meanwhile,
1: I'm mostly oblivious to most of that stuff.
0: Well, you're in your head.
1: I'm in my head, and I think this isn't the right thing to do, but I think that I genuinely like don't care for myself. Like, I don't care if my point is heard in this situation. Like, at the end of the day, this per I'm not going to change this person's mind, but you're the complete, I'll, you care like so much to be heard. I don't know if it's part of being like the youngest and a, and a twin. I think your whole life you were just like wanting to be heard. You but
0: know? I think it's important that when these types of scenarios, it's not like we're just out having casual conversations with people and I'm randomly like, ramping it up and trying to make it a heated conversation it's like all parties in the group are giving their opinion the same degree of intensity that I'm giving my opinion and so we're all chiming in and talking about it and if I knew deep down that you weren't the type of person who had an opinion or would be telling me the opinion later, I don't think I would get so annoyed. But I think the reason I get annoyed is because I know that you're going... You'll see
1: me act totally different in a different scenario. Exactly. Where it's just you and I.
0: And then he's... We're, I know we're going to get in the car and he's going to tell me everything that he thought about it. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Forget you. Like, where were you <laughs> 10 minutes ago when everyone was staring at me because I said... <laughs> I'm
1: sure there's people out there that can relate to this dynamic.
0: There's got to be. Yeah, it's just funny, especially, I would say, like, in work situations, too, since I'm, like, technically Andrew's boss. I say that loosely because you yeah, we run the company together, but he has, his role is definitely, like...
1: You're running the show. I mean, let's yeah. be real.
0: And so he has to come to me for opinions, and I have to manage him, like, to the same degree I manage the rest of the team, and with client expectations and how he's handling things and he has to bring problems to me and I have to tell him the way to do it and I remember we were out with a friend like the other week and Andrew and the team were completely not handling the situation the way that it should have been handled and Andrew in my opinion had been there done that or should have had a better grip on it or handle on it and I wasn't like scolding him I just was like hey like this is what you need to do, like text this, do this, whatever, and it was very, I mean, you guys can hear how I'm talking right now, like I just talk, I can tend to talk very matter-of-factly, there's no shakiness or sugarcoating of how I say things, I just kind of Mm -hmm. say things, but Andrew doesn't take that any kind of way, and it was this really quick thing where I was like, hey, let me see, okay, no, like respond like this and whatever, And our friend, like, Andrew had walked away for something. And our friend was like, you really just need to let Andrew, like, handle things on his (laughs) own. And, like, I I would never let my wife talk to me like that. And I was pissed.
1: Yeah, that wasn't fair to you. And if I was there, I mean, again, I like to think I would have said something in that moment. In the future, I would. But, yeah, I wasn't happy either when you told me later that that had happened. Because it's, one, we're wearing, we're not, like... We're husband and wife, right? But like, we're wearing like our business hats. Yeah. In that scenario, and also we have learned how to communicate to solve the problem. We're trying to like solve the problem right now. We're not. Yeah. We're not trying to like make sure, you were like you weren't hurting feelings, but it was just we're not in that headspace. Yeah. So I think they were like looking through it through a different lens, and then just
0: definitely looking at it through a weird. Yeah. I, I think it was like especially because he was. He, because he worded it like you need to let him be able to like run his own show and like handle things the way that like he wants to handle them and i'm like first of all this is my company andrew doesn't know how to handle this and he would prefer me to tell him exactly what to say yeah and honestly bothered to ask andrew that
1: i was incredibly grateful for that because you probably just saved me like five plus emails back and forth just by like facing ahead I can't even remember what the scenario was but I know it was like yeah direct just
0: like stepping in and being like here's how you handle it yeah
1: because stuff like that comes up all the time and it gets handled and we move forward
0: yeah so that definitely is a fear that plays out a lot and I think I've learned that it's just because people only know how to filter a relationship through their own lens or experience of relationships and we tend to attract a lot of like more of like the masculine energy type men where I carry like a lot of the masculine energy when it comes to our work dynamic. Like I'm calling the shots because I'm the business owner and it's my business and my company and everyone that comes to us is expecting a certain level of service or style of service because of me and what I've built over the last seven years. Mm -hmm. So when people come to us and I step in, that just is how it is. You get that and right. you, you don't get upset about that because that's what pays yeah. our bills with the end Exactly. Of the day. So, it's so interesting how I've I've had to learn to just kind of let that go and just realize that other people don't take the time and consideration, I guess, to put themselves in our shoes or understand what hat we're wearing when we're talking to each other in certain situations.
1: Yeah. Just yeah, if you're looking at a situation like that, you have to, and you see, like, an interesting dynamic happening, you just succumb from a place of, like, learning and understanding and not judging based on your own experiences and then applying them to, like, this situation and this situation. I think, in general, in the world, people are quick to do stuff like that. Yeah. Using their limited experiences, their harsh opinions. I don't think social media makes it any better because then everyone can get their opinion out there. Yeah. I really feel
0: like if people could practice as cliche as it is, like not even listening more than they speak, but like asking more questions. It's not just a matter of listening, but it's listening to understand. And the only way you could do that is by asking clarifying questions, which is why in my marketing, like speaking things, I always say to use the three before me rule And my, like, it's just something I came up with, and it's to go three questions deep with another person before talking about yourself or giving your opinion. Because unless you go three questions deep, then you're immediately responding, in my opinion, with your surface level response that you started thinking of as that person probably began talking Which tells me that most of us are responding before we've even had the time to fully process the point that the other person is trying to make. So when you go three questions deep with someone or you tell yourself, I have to go three questions deep with this lead or three questions deep with this person before I talk about myself or respond, it kind of forces you to listen with the intent of asking a follow-up question, which helps you retain and process a little bit better, whatever it is. So maybe that's something I can impart on you. Well, yeah, because
1: you're showing you're showing that person attention. They're feeling special. And by going those three questions deep, like you're getting to know them or whether you know them already. Anyways, like it's a great strategy and it has to be genuine. You can't just be like going through the motions with it. But in your professional relationships, uh, personal relationships, I think it's a great tool that people should use.
0: On the bright side, I think this podcast is going to relieve a lot of these fears.
1: Yeah. I, I definitely
0: think that. Not only like talking through it, but just getting to show people kind of like who we are when we're together and what we think and what we say. Because as we continue to kind of build and get through these like overarching concepts, You know, in these first few episodes, then it'll kind of lay the framework and the foundation for when we start doing, like, daily updates or real-time updates about what's going on in our life now. Um, You can kind of know how how both of us are and how we think. Ooh, Ooh, we should totally do a podcast about the behavioral profiles and assessments that we took.
1: Oh, that's good
0: that kind of describes, we can read them off to you, like story time, bedtime story. <laughs> <laughs> Mirrors, yeah, I love that idea. Profile. We took, um, we took these behavioral tests that it was so funny, obviously, like how on point they were, but it really describes us super well and describes, um, our dynamic really well as well. So. Maybe we'll get into that in the next couple episodes, but this this is fun talking about our fears. I'm sure there's many more, but hopefully we'll get rid of them sooner rather than
1: later. <laughs> yeah, thank y'all for listening. We appreciate y'all so much, and we'll talk to you next time.
0: Talk to you on the next time. All
1: right, bye.